Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lift it up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. Well, if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the New Testament book of the Revelation, the last book of the Bible, the Revelation of Jesus Christ, Revelation in chapter number 20. We're finishing up a series of The King is Coming, messages dealing with the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we've been walking through here fairly in a, in a fairly chronological order, speaking about the rapture that Jesus Christ is coming soon, or suddenly, and that he is coming. And when he comes, that it's going to bring the people away, uh, those who've accepted Jesus as their Savior, he's going to call them away and what is often called the rapture. We spoke about the seven years of tribulation here on this earth where the Antichrist is going to rise to power and all of it is for the purpose of bringing the Hebrew people to the Lord where they realized that God had loved them the whole time and that Jesus was the Messiah. We spoke about the second part of Jesus' second coming where he comes down on this earth where he's going to judge the armies of the earth and that he is going to put Satan in chains. And now we get to the main event the found in the book of Revelation chapter number 20. The book of Revelation chapter 20, and notice with me in verse 1. Revelation 20 in verse 1. And I saw an angel come from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid a hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that he must be loosed a season." And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their forehead or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ." a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part of the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. And inside of this passage in the book of Revelation chapter 20 verses 1 through 7, six times the phrase a thousand years is mentioned. Now whenever something is mentioned once in the Bible it's going to be important. Whenever it's mentioned twice God is placing an emphasis on it. When it is mentioned more than once God is trying to set up warning bells to say this is important. Now God is also a smart God who knows what he means and means what he says. So when he says a thousand years, how long do you think he means? A thousand years. Now this is what is often called the millennial kingdom. The millennial kingdom is a thousand year reign 
of Christ here upon this earth, living and reigning with his saints. Now, the millennial kingdom is a very big emphasis in the Bible. There are more passages dedicated to the millennial kingdom than any other subject in the Bible except for the tabernacle and temple. Once again, going back to the emphasis that if God has mentioned a subject more than any other subject in the Bible, should it be something that we know a little bit about? Absolutely. And of course, we took time in this church earlier this year to cover about 40 different messages detailing the millennial kingdom. I'm not going to rehash all 40 of them. We're just going to give a summary for the purpose of this series here. But we understand that the thousand year reign of Jesus Christ, often called the millennial kingdom, is going to be a very important event. What is the purpose of the millennial kingdom? The purpose of the millennial kingdom is the fulfillment of the promises God made to the Hebrew people. That God had made all kinds of wonderful promises to the Hebrew people from the very beginning. We start off with what is called the Abrahamic covenant where God promised a people forever and God promised to make sure that the Hebrew people would endure until that millennial kingdom. God had promised those people what is often called the Palestinian covenant or the land covenant where God promised them a land forever. And of course, that's a major event in our news currently present tense right now, this idea God had also promised in what is called the Davidic covenant that there would be a king from the line of David to rule forever. And then there is what is called the new covenant. The new covenant is the promise that God would change the hearts of the people and bring them salvation with this change of nature. And we're going to see all four of those things fulfilled in what is called the millennial kingdom. Inside of the millennial kingdom, it is a promise to be fulfilled to the Hebrew people. Now, we're not Hebrew people, but we're a part of the uh, millennial kingdom as servants. And we'll talk more about that in a moment. That in the millennial kingdom, God promises and provides the land forever and gives them the full dimensions of the land. The borders that Israel has never extended to are going to be fulfilled in the millennial kingdom. That God is going to give them a king from the line of David forever. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ, who is from the lineage of David, both as the inheritor of the kingly line and blood related to David. We also see that in the millennial kingdom is the fulfillment of the promises of the new covenant where God changes the heart of the Hebrew people by offering them salvation as they accept Jesus as their savior, as the Messiah that had been promised all of those thousands of years, their heart will change and they become a new creature. That the millennial kingdom is the fulfillment of all of these promises. Now, other than fulfillment of the promises, What is the millennial kingdom going to be like? Well, that is a great question. And we're just going to quickly address those things. That first of all, it's going to be a place where Satan will be chained. It's a place where Satan will be chained. One of the wonderful things about the millennial kingdom is that our enemy, the devil, is going to be bound up. Now, that's going to do some wonderful things. That We're not going to have someone trying to undermine God's authority and God's plan for a thousand years. 
that's going to make it a time of peace where the enemy is not actively trying to sabotage and overthrow God. For a thousand years, we don't have to worry about him. That also means for a thousand years, people can't use him as an excuse. That today, people say, well, the devil made me do it. Well, that's an excuse, but in the millennial kingdom, you won't have that as an excuse. That means when you get in trouble, it's because you did it. You have nobody else to blame but yourself. By the way, that will help when people are actually honest with themselves. Today, people love to blame someone else. Well, the reason why I stole from the bank is because my grandfather was a bank robber. Well, what does that have to do with the other one? You could change. Well, the reason why I lied is because he, he told me to. Well, now people are going to get to the place where they admit to themselves. But what a wonderful time that will be where Satan is going to be locked away. Satan is going to be removed. Satan's forces are going to be uh, <coughs> non-existent. And we will be able to have the freedom to serve God without hindrances. The freedom to do what's right without any hindrances and without excuses. What else will the millennial kingdom be like? Well, even the nature of wild beast will be changed. The nature of wild beast will be changed. We'll mention this several times throughout this um, morning Sunday school lesson. But God is going to restore Garden of Eden conditions. Part of the curse that had been placed upon the soil and upon the earth is that the uh, plants will be more resistant. Uh, it will take a lot more work to get things to grow and that the animals will be resistant and against people, against man. So today there is a fear of animals. We know plenty of people are still afraid of dogs. You say, well, you haven't met my neighbor's dog. Well, there are people who are afraid of bears. There are people who, you know, we have reason to fear animals. Um, I don't know too many of you who would like to go to the wild and go find a rattlesnake and start petting them immediately and see what happens. You know, we have a fear of animals. But the nature of wild beast will change. The Bible speaks about these pictures that babies will go play with the rattlesnakes. Good rattlesnake. And you're not going to have to worry about it. Don't practice that now. But <laughs> that's in the future when the nature of animals change. It's going to be a place where the great picture most people are familiar with was the lion laying down with a lamb. Normally lamb is going to be lamb chops. It's going to be lunch. But in those times, they could snuggle together and no one would be a war. The nature of animals will change. Could you imagine what a wonderful place it would be when we won't have an innate sense of fear against animals because they will not be fearful. They're going to be, that wild nature is going to be wiped out. Now, for those of you who always wanted your pet panther, there is your chance. Or if you believe like I do that maybe even dinosaurs will come back, you can have your pet Tronosaurus Rex. Wouldn't that be nice? I know a lot of young boys who would look forward to that dream. Good. Some older boys too. <laughs> to be able to enjoy the creation without feeling like it's going to gobble us up. Without feeling a fear against them. Um, 
my kids have an irrational fear of spiders. Now, it could have been something that their dad did to them when they were younger, but that's none of your business. But um, <laughs> they have an irrational fear of spiders. It's one of those things. I saw a picture of a hotel that was being demolished and someone cutely put on the side of their sign, sorry, we found a spider. I mean, that's a cute way of... of <laughs> explaining the demolishment. Uh, you know, I feel like some, one of my girls, especially, that would happen. Uh, if, she, if she ever wrecks our car, it's because she found a spider in there while she was driving, and that was just the quickest way to get out. I, but you know, in the millennial kingdom, you're not going to have to worry about fear of animals anymore. That already makes it a better place. What about this? In the millennial kingdom, war will be at an end. There will be no more wars. Do you know that in the entire history of recorded, uh, of man's recorded history, there, if I remember correctly, in all of the thousand years that we've had recorded history, there's only been seven years without a war. Only seven without a war. So for thousands of years, that's what we've known. Again, back in the current president, uh, present tense, war is a very big deal in the news right now. We're seeing uh, people attempting to kill each other and retaliations and whatnot. For those people out there, that's a very big deal. And of course, for Israel, can you be imagine telling them that for a thousand years, you don't have to worry about anybody attacking you? For a thousand years, you don't have to worry about bombs, you don't have to worry about airstrikes, and you don't have to worry about the retaliation that you do for that. For a thousand years, you don't have to worry about war anymore. In fact, the Bible talks in several passages that what they're going to do is they're going to take their instruments of war, like a sword or whatnot, and turn it to a plowshare, with a pr principle being they're going to take their implements of war and they're going to use it to help agriculture. They're going to help it with the jobs that they currently have in their day-to-day -day life because they're not going to need tanks. They're not going to need an M16. They're not going to need those guns. And so they'll be able to repurpose them for useful items in a practical everyday basis. What else is going to be described inside of the millennial kingdom, this thousand-year reign of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, the Bible says that the knowledge of the Lord will cover the earth. Well, partly because he will be present on this earth. And if you ever wanted to talk with the Lord, you can go talk to the Lord. You could go talk to him physically. You could go make an appointment with him. You could speak to him. If you had someone that says, I don't know who Jesus is. Well, let's fix that. Let's go talk to him. That the knowledge of the earth of the Lord will be there, that he's going to rule from the city of Jerusalem and the temple and from them all the laws, all the dictates, all the uh, requirements of the rest of the nations are going to be given and everyone's going to obey and everyone's going to follow and <laughs> everyone's going to know who God is, that we know that part of our job as New Testament saints uh, inside of the millennial kingdom is that we're going to be called 
priests and kings. The idea of kings is not the idea of ruling, meaning that we've got people that are under us that do our bidding. The idea of ruling in this sense carries the idea that we're going to settle disputes. Well, that's going to be helpful to be able to settle disputes The Bible says that we're going to judge even angels, meaning the idea that we're going to have that type of authority to be able to settle disputes, and we need to have the wisdom and discernment to do so. But the other area of that is that we're going to be priests. The idea of the priest in this case carries with it the idea that we are going to communicate and teach people the word of God, and that everyone around the world is going to know about Christ because it's going to be taught and people are going to be explained what the Bible is. Might as well start learning your Bible now because you're going to be required to teach it during that time. Something else that we understand is that the curse of the earth will be removed. Once again, God is going to reestablish Garden of Eden conditions. That when Adam and Eve sinned, everything started to change on the earth. That first of all, they had the curse of that they were removed from God's presence. Well, that's going to be removed. We can now be in the presence of God. Another thing because of their sin, that the earth would now became more resistant. It was going to be harder to work. It was going to require more sweat, more toil to work today. Well, once Garden of Eden conditions are restored plant life is going to thrive. Animal life is going to thrive. Human life is going to thrive. In fact, it's such a wonderful place that if you were to break a bone, you could heal overnight. It's going to be such a wonderful place that you could run 200 miles without getting tired. You want to know more information? Come tonight as we talk about what was the Garden of Eden tonight in our creation seminar. And we'll go into details. And if you never heard it before, be prepared to go, wow, because it is amazing to think about all the things that God is going to do when he removes that curse. The Bible says that there are going to be streams in the desert. That's a wonderful picture for those of you who may not be familiar with the desert. A desert is known as a desert because it doesn't rain there. There's not a lot of water to be found there. But part of the uh, curse being removed is that streams will be in the desert and the desert is going to bloom like a beautiful meadow field. That all of those rough places of the earth where it's hard to live is now going to be a wonderful place to live as that curse is removed. That means that no one has to live in Texas alone because it's the greatest place. Everything in the world would be just as good to live at, even in Wisconsin. Aren't you glad that even in that time, winter is going to be removed Woo-hoo! as Garden of Eden conditions. 70 degrees when you wake up, 75 degrees at night, year round. Oh, is that something to look forward to? You said, surely it wasn't like that. Oh, yeah. I'm going to show you in some of the future creation seminars that up in Alaska, up in Siberia, Russia, they find camels, palm trees. In Antarctica, they found buried underneath the ice, palm trees, um, camels, bison. Why did they find all those things? Did they like get too hot and decide to move to Antarctica? No, the whole world was set that way from pole to equator to pole, that the animals were comfortable living wherever. Well, isn't that a wonderful place? I mean, think about, you know, in America, we think of um, spring where we grow and in autumn we plant, but you know, not everywhere in the world, that's what happens. 
For example, the rainy season is in the fall in the Middle East and you harvest in spring. Things are a little bit different. Well, here, uh, (laughs) year round, you're going to be able to plant. Uh, Think about in the Middle East. Is summer the greatest time to be working and planting? No. No. How about Wisconsin? Is January the best place to be planting something and trying to get it to grow outside? Well, (laughs) during the millennial kingdom, because the curse is going to be removed, you're going to be able to grow things, whether it's summer or winter, because of the weather. So it's not just because you don't want to be warm anymore. We know that this matters not just for us, but for the entire world, to have the world blooming, whether it's Christmas or whether it's in the middle of 4th of July. It's going to be beautiful and everything is going to grow and it's not going to look brown like the rest of our lawns did during the summer. It's going to be green and lush no matter where as the curse has been removed. It's going to blossom. What else about the millennial kingdom? Well, the saints will rule and reign with Christ. That we're going to help administrate this millennial kingdom. Now, an interesting thing about the millennial kingdom is that you're going to have three different groups of people residing in the millennial kingdom. In the millennial kingdom, you're going to have saints with resurrected bodies. That means that all of us who live before the rapture or you die before the rapture, when the rapture happens, we get brand new bodies. And these bodies are going to work quite differently. And we're not going to be able to sin against God anymore. And our bodies are going to be made unique. We're not going to look like all robots. We're still going to be unique. We're still going to look individuals. You're still going to be able to tell people apart. But we're going to function differently. And we are going to help administrate the government. Why? Because another group that's going to be in the millennial kingdom is those Hebrew people who survived the tribulation. And when they survive the tribulation and go into the millennial kingdom, they're going in with their natural bodies, meaning the bodies that we currently have. These bodies will be able to sin, but they're also going to be able to have children, which brings us to the third group of people inside of the millennial kingdom. Inside of the millennial kingdom, a third group of people will be those born in the millennial kingdom. Those people will never know the world that we live in because everything's going to be different. They're going to know Garden of Eden conditions. They're going to know peace. They don't know who this Satan guy is running around, but they're going to be born with a sin nature. And because they're born with a sin nature, they're going to have conflicts. Even in a home where the kids are raised well, there's still conflicts. I have three children. There are conflicts. Just go ask them to do dishes. There's going to be conflicts. There's going to be things. There's still going to be, don't touch me. Quit hit, you know, there. Don't put your feet on me. Don't, you know, (laughs) the, the normal conflicts that you have. Well, people are still going to have conflicts. They're still going to be selfish. Well, as the millennial kingdom goes on, there's going to be many people being born, but very few people dying. So the population increase is going to grow dramatically, exponentially. And part of what we're needed to do is help administrate and take care of issues that arise with this big uh, group that will be born in the millennial kingdom. So the saints will rule and reign with Christ. And then another idea of this millennial kingdom is the golden age will be with the personal reign of Jesus on this earth. When Jesus Christ is ruling, he will be the perfect king. 
A sinless king. A king that won't grow old. A king that won't die. A king who will judge and rule wisely. And his government will rule wisely. His government will not be corrupt. It will not fall apart. It will not get kicked out. There will not be a a coup. There will not be replaced. They will not get voted out. He's going to have perfect judgment. Can you imagine living in a place with a perfect government? We have a hard time because we don't live in a place with a perfect government. There's got lots of issues. And so during this thousand year reign of Christ, it is truly a wonderful time of peace, of harmony, without war, without the threat of animals, without the threat of people, without the threat of Satan, with a perfect government, perfect ministration, with a perfect uh, atmosphere, perfect planet. It's a wonderful time. And so the follow-up question at the very end of this is, are you going? Are you 100% sure that you'd be going to this wonderful place of the millennial kingdom? You say, how can I know? Well, we know that in order to be in God's presence, we must be saved. Sin is a barrier that keeps us from being with God. And we must be saved from that punishment of being separated from God for all eternity. Has there ever been in a time in your life where you personally asked Jesus to be your savior? Has there ever been a time in your life where you have been forgiven of your sins? If not, let me tell you that the greatest thing that can happen to you today is for you to get that settled. The greatest thing that can happen is for you to know Christ is your savior and you will be guaranteed because of God's promises and God can't lie that you'll get to spend time with him in this millennial kingdom for a thousand years and you personally get to enjoy this time for yourself. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.